DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We are brought to you in part by Mark Miller. Mark Miller Subaru, bringing you DJ and PK. We are joined now by Chad Lewis, the former Cougar, the former Eagle. I'll leave the Rams out of it. The former Orem Tiger. <laughs> and we were just talking a lot of NFL in the break, but I think a lot of people listening to us want to talk a lot of Cougar football. Let's do it. They want some insight. 2-0 and looks good. Two easy wins. Two Big wins, two decisive wins, but are Navy and Troy that good? How good are the Cougars really? How good is that O-line? What do you think? You can only beat who you're going to play. True story. And the only thing that those players and coaches can do is play the team that lines up to play them. And what's the coolest part about this BYU football team this year is the coaches have the players, and the players have the coaches. The players if you watch the offensive line they're getting a hat on a hat on every play like they're blocking the correct people if you do that alone you got a chance to win and it's across the board they're doing a great job the way they stopped the triple option navy team it was disciplined defense it was really amazing very impressive and then the way they beat troy a team with fantastic athletes and speed again great disciplined defensive football team and offensively they're just their assignment's sound. They're doing the right stuff. They might make a mistake here and there, but they, you know, Dax Milne muffs a fumble, but he comes back and has an unbelievable game running pro routes, making great catches. Uh, Gunnar Romney continues to make great plays, but I want to talk a little bit about Zach Wilson because a lot was said of him driving down to work with John Beck in the summer. Think about what he did to improve. Because last year he was coming off of a shoulder surgery, and then he broke his thumb. His body was jacked up. The guy has a chip on his shoulder. He watches tape like Kyle Van Noy. <laughs> he cares about football like you can't even possibly imagine. And every week he's driving down to California, okay? His dedication, his chip on his shoulder, his desire to be great is fueling this team. And his, his, his arm is strong. He's ripping it. It is so fun watching him cut it loose i love it hit it go kooks you would think chad as a former cougar and john beck couldn't they like meet in barstow (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh that's a good point bro come on there's there's a big mcdonald's in barstow get up here let's go you mean i gotta drive down to your kitchen um that's a good point i think the fact that john was working with so many guys down there it was like, Zach, you got to come all the way to the beach, bro. <laughs> so oh, if good, you're committed to going all the way to the beach, then you got games like Navy and Troy, and you got a team believing, and you got you got great things happening. Very okay. Cool. So with that in mind, you're around this football team a lot, and you know football as well as anybody. Uh, we know that you talk about the players having the coaches a player and the coaches having players, but that means I think what you're getting at is there's continuity. You know, they haven't had a lot of change the last couple of years, and they played a bunch of younger guys who now have experience, and they're older. So with that in mind, are you surprised by what you're seeing out on a football field? What I like is the fact that they've used their age to be better. This offensive line has – They've got some, some tread on their tires still. They've, they've played for a few years together. They're communicating very well together. They are assignment sound together. That's hard. It's hard to get an offensive line to move in unison like they're doing. So I credit 
Eric Mateos, the offensive line coach. I credit Jeff Grimes, the offensive coordinator, Aaron Roderick. But each of those guys have taken it on them on their shoulders to know their stuff and make it happen. And it's awesome <laughs> to watch it work. I love it. And if COVID's going to blow up our schedule, then we're going to do whatever we can to make it make it fun, and we're doing it. PK, in the middle of that answer, he spiked an imaginary football, so Chad's getting a little worked up. You know who's looking calm, cool, and collected right now? Partly because it's about 38 degrees, so everybody's cold. a little cool. And yeah, cold. right. Robbie Bosco, the quarterback of the last undefeated BYU football team, <laughs> joins us. So, are you going to have a, another member of the club? A quarterback of an undefeated BYU football team? Man, the way they're playing right now, you never know. And uh, I think the biggest thing is not looking ahead and uh, thinking about what could be. Just play the game at a time and see what happens. Close your eyes. That was Lavelle Edwards. (laughs) (laughs) I I just went right back to our meetings. And... Robbie was with Lavelle so long, they think the same. And uh, that, that was exactly what Lavelle would say to us. And that's, that's exactly right. I love it. The one thing I'd tell Chad is put some long pants on, though. Right? It's cold <laughs> over there. <laughs> Robbie, what are you seeing in Wilson that's got everybody excited? Well, I think the, the, the main thing, he's got experience. And he, he's always had confidence. But, you know, you, you can be as confident as you want as a freshman and and it's just tough. It's tough learning systems. It's tough learning coverages. Um, where to throw the ball. He looks more comfortable in the pocket uh, now, and he um, he he wants to be really good. I think that's the biggest thing, and the biggest thing he has going for him is that he wants to be good, and he'll do whatever it takes. And I heard Chad talking about going down with John Beck and. You know, that's not an easy trip to go down to uh, Southern Cal and, and work on some things and drive back home and stuff like that. But he's worked hard to get where he's at, and he's got a good team surrounding him. I mean, the biggest thing, and I'll even go back to 84, our biggest asset was our offensive line. They were good, and they were fast, and, and they could block, and you see this offensive line doing the same thing. So I guess the thing a lot of people uh, wonder, because um, <clears throat> these two wins have been so dominating and overwhelming, and you knew at halftime who was going to win. Last year, I watched, and you know they made the key plays to come back at Tennessee and to beat USC and to beat Boise State games where you know one or two plays could have swung everything. But then they didn't make the one or two plays against Toledo and South Florida and Hawaii. So how do we get any insight from these two games when they get against a good team and a close game? Maybe it's Louisiana Tech. Maybe Boise State's on the schedule. Maybe it's a bowl game or Houston or whatever. How do we know if they're going to make those one or two plays? Well, you never know until, until it happens. But I think the biggest thing that's happened this year is we didn't worry about COVID. We didn't worry about um, is Tom going to get us a schedule? They started practice, and they practiced as if they had 12 games on their schedule. And they didn't worry about, oh, we're going to play this week, that next week, in two weeks, or whatever. So they were they're ready to go. They were prepared. They're in full strength right now. And, you know, they're just taking it. Hey, this is what it is. We didn't have our original schedule. This is what we have now. And we're going to go out and, and do the best we can. And um, th- those plays, they just happened. You can't predict that someone's going to make a great play in the game. And, and they just have to have the confidence that 
they're going to win. And they're going to do whatever it takes to win. And they're going to make plays when they have to make plays. And I'm sure it's being stressed in those meetings. And because those are heartbreaking ones, not being able to make the big plays when it counts. And that's, that's what makes a true champion is the teams that can make the big plays when it counts. Some good insight on that. Talking with Kalani during training camp was they have more depth this year in his perspective than they've had before since he's been there. And with a team, it's not a team full of superstars. Mm-hmm. It's a team full of people stepping up. And if you watch who's been there week to week, there is a consistency of players, but there's also players out because of, you know, contract tracing and contact tracing and, and whatever. And the people who have stepped up have stepped up, and they've been assignment sound. And that goes to what Kalani was saying, depth. Smart guys, good guys, and he's put them together. It's really cool. You're going to be able to swing getting Boise November 7th, Chad? Tom will be on here at 9.30, <laughs> and you can ask those questions to a guy who, in my opinion, has just been unbelievable through COVID. You probably haven't heard him as much outside, but inside his communication with us on a daily, hourly basis has been phenomenal. So all through COVID, all through any of the you know social the, the protests or anything, so much has gone on in 2020. Tom has been riveted, keeping his eyes on the prize, keeping going forward, and that's making a decision, then having that decision yanked from under his feet two hours later, and he's got to go again. And he's just been relentless, and I give him all props. Chad Lewis, Robbie Bosco joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. So uh, you're just going to send me to Tom if I ask you that anyway. No, we'll answer this one. Go for it. Come on. So the bowl games are going to be so odd this year. Do you have any idea? Does ESPN give you any heads up? If they uh, try to negotiate a little bit, I mean, you're going to have to talk to Tom. Yeah, see, I knew it. Come on, <laughs> it's an opportunity for a big game. You know Possibly. what? The, the thing is, it's all messed up. I mean, you have the Pac-12 starting November first. You have the other conference starting Big Ten's like big October, 10, October 24. 24th or something. Yeah. So who knows what's going to happen? I mean, this thing's not over. I mean, this is these decisions that we make are like day to day. So spikes, you're anticipating no more curveballs, more sliders, and oh, a couple of knucklers. I think so. I, I, I just think it. the way things are going now, uh, people start panicking a little bit when there's a little spike. So you start having some different things going on. So you just never know what's going to happen. But I, I just think the way that the regular season for some teams isn't going to end until the end of December. So you're going to play in January? February? I don't know what's going to happen. If it was just curveballs and knucklers, you could keep a bat. <laughs> You need to get a highlight racket, you know. You need to get a lacrosse basket, and you need to get everything else because it is, it's changing so fast. It's just it's nuts. Yeah. Through all this stuff, you guys are involved in this to a degree. How has fundraising been going on? Both good and bad. I mean, some, some companies are dominating through COVID. Others are going bankrupt. And so our, that's indicative of all of our donors. Some are doing really well and want to keep helping and – and others are really struggling and just hanging on. So it's been, you know, Robbie and I work together every day in fundraising at BYU. The generosity of people, the generosity of our donors just blows me away every day. I'm so grateful. Hey, with that said, 
I asked DJ before the started for ten bucks, and he wouldn't give it to us. <laughs> so that's what I. So that's a little bit of how our fundraising is going too. He he would not open his wallet, PK. I'm not sure what's going on with this guy. I spent ten bucks to San Diego State and twenty bucks to UC Santa Barbara, and I'm done. Can you sing us the old Charger song just for like good times? I could, but then Yach would use it as a drop. Okay, so go ahead. Record it. (laughs) Could I sing San Diego Superchargers? You know I could. Let's go, baby. No, I could. Warm it up this morning. Come on. I can't believe how cheap he is, man. Every time the Sun Devils make the Rose Bowl, I give him a 20 spot. <laughs> He's out 40 bucks. There you go. <laughs> oh, nice. Who lent you that 20? <laughs> I saved up because about November, I knew there was a decent chance come January 1 they were going to be in Pasadena. I want to say this about the coaching staff of BYU. Before the season – Matt Bushman went down. They had really tailored an offensive system around him and his skills. He tears his Achilles tendon. And they went to work really quick and put guys into place. And it's been impressive to see what they've been able to do with a major challenge like that. And it's just Aaron Roderick, Jeff Grimes, they've they've just been so impressive. And the players are doing it. So in What's a year where everything's off the charts, are you guys at least open to playing regular season football games through like the Pac-12 and the Big Ten are going to be doing and all that? Are you, are you open to that, whether it happens or not? Robbie and I have zero to do with scheduling. So Tom will be here at 930. Bam! He's going to rip it. You know, we, we would just be like typical fans. We would be speculating. Yeah. So yeah. we're really not even answer. I can't even speculate. <laughs> Tom is the guy. <laughs> Tom is the guy questions. at 9.30. Yes. Mark it down. <laughs> Chad, I will sp- say, when you are playing in the NFL and you finish a game in a tie <laughs> and like half of your team doesn't realize that you can tie in the pros, <laughs> it's the weirdest postgame feeling ever. So watching the Eagles and the Bengals uh, fight, 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 overtime, and come up with a tie, that was really hard. It's soccer, Chad. Soccer. If I see one more fake injury rolling around crying, grabbing her knee, I'm going to kill myself. I can't take it. Come on, man. We're playing Don't pro. Don't do it. Your family loves you. <laughs> Someone, Someone's going to grab their ankle and roll around on the ground trying to get a red card on somebody else. I don't like the fake foul, whether it's NBA basketball, college the flopping. basketball. Whether, the flopping. That should be a technical or in, in any sport. Just play, play your hardest, play your best, play tough. There you go. Play the sport. No flopping. Guys, we appreciate a few minutes. I hear them getting going here. There's a lot of people milling around on the uh, putting green. So the National Football Foundation Golf Tournament about to get underway. You play about three times a week, Robbie. Is that how that's working? Let's just go. Move on to the next question. <laughs> that's a yes. yes. Robbie <laughs> is called a, work. He's phenomenal working with people, uh-huh. uh, developing relationships, people that are around Robbie. They, they love him. And so as a fundraiser at BYU, it's one of the greatest things he can do is be with, with people. He's genuine. He's fun to talk to. He's, he's, an incredible, he's an incredible person. National champ, undefeated. Thanks, Thanks Chad. Robbie Bosco. <laughs> we want to keep Chad off for another hour, I think, here. <laughs> All right. 
Go be an incredible person on the golf course, Robbie. Let's You're do the it. man. Let's do All it. All right. DJ and PK, it's 97.5. Can you and just sing the song before we 1280 just the real zone. Quick. San Diego. Super I love it. <laughs> All right. See you guys. Thanks a lot. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 the zone. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Athletic director at Utah State, John Hartwell. Hey, let's play ball, man. Let's go. I love it. How great was that when you were able to break the news to your athletes that they were going to play? It was unbelievable. I mean, just knowing that we've got a plan put together for it, Gary and his staff and, and our student athletes. We're really excited. And obviously, we've got some work over the next four weeks to get ready. And then there will be some challenges throughout the season, I'm sure. But just the anticipation and the excitement of trying to get back to something that's somewhat normal, I think, has everybody excited. Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're brought to you in part by Zero Res. Zero Res carpet cleaning has been proven in lab tests to remove more dirt and soils than any other method. Their powered water cleaning means no soap, no shampoos, no toxic chemicals. Schedule your Zero Res cleaning today by calling them at 801-288-9376. All right, the question of the day. We were just talking about it with uh, Chad Lewis and Robbie Bosco. BYU's 2-0. They have completely dominated the first two teams they have faced, routing Navy and routing Troy. So, how good is this 2-0 BYU football team? Dave says, well, they're beating teams they should beat. That's nice for a change. A little reference to the end of last season, still a little, little leftover bitterness in the BYU fan base there, PK, from letting games get away. And they didn't even come close to letting these games get away. Didn't play with fire and all the other quotes all the other cliches i can understand that frustration if you're a byu fan because they did let winnable games get away there's no question about it but maybe as we look at it the team wasn't really ready to be a consistent winner and is the team ready to be a consistent winner now there's no question that zach wilson was playing injured there's just no doubt about it and now he's healthy and that's the big thing and you've got experience where you need it the most most at quarterback and offensive line I think that if you're going to ask coaches I can give you you know there's four groups in the offensive football offensive line quarterback receiver running back I'll give you two areas where you can have experience and two areas where maybe you don't have as much. Which two areas are you going to take? I think every time they're going to take offensive line and quarterback. Well, they've got a lot of experience there, and they've got a lot of continuity. Guys have played together on the offensive line. You've got Jeff Grimes, who's there now. This is his third year. you got Aaron Roderick. This is his third year. Guys, the masterminds of the offense, they've got all sorts of continuity, and I don't think that you can understate or underplay that. And then and that's nice, and they've been very good offensively. And defensively, I think you have to ask, what's the level of competition that they're playing? You know, Because offensively, I think this is legitimate offense, and I think they can have success, not necessarily 100 points in any two games if they would have played the original schedule. But I do think the offense, because of the experience they have at those two most important positions, is legit defensively they've been better than i've expected to the point of obviously domination where 
I didn't know that they would be this good. And I'm still not sure how much of that is competition, how much of that is probably probably a little bit of both, whereas I'm more sure offensively of their capabilities. Does that make sense? I would absolutely say that makes sense because that's what I think. <laughs> you know, you always know you're talking to someone smart when they say what you're thinking. I think that the O-line, you know, we've been told the NFL is looking at all these offensive linemen, and so they ought to be out there dominating people, especially against the quality of competition they're facing. And they ran all over Navy in the first game. They threw the ball all over Troy in the second game. You can talk to any O-line coach, and they'll tell you that run blocking, pass blocking, two different skill sets. There's some guys who can do one, and they can't do the other. Uh, and if they're young and inexperienced, maybe they just can't do the other yet, and they've got to be brought along. Uh, and it, it looks like the way they, they ran the ball against Navy and the way they threw the ball against Troy, that this whole line is just dominating people. Now, you know, if they play a better team and they play somebody who's loaded with NFL defensive linemen, then that's a whole new test and a whole different deal. But until they do that, I'm assuming this offensive line is just going to keep dominating people. You know, and a lot of this experience that they've got and the depth that they've got, well, it's because they had to play, they had to start eight different linemen last year and they had to start three different quarterbacks last year. And they, you know, so they, they paid a little bit of the, the price to get there and now they're there. And we got some people, Frank, you're commenting, we will never know unless they keep winning and somehow get into a good bowl game or if they can schedule a few big five teams who aren't scheduling out of conference games, get in a conference. Uh, and Tyson just says we may never know. It would have been fun to see him play their original schedule, and that got a bunch of thumbs up. Oh, see, I disagree with that, that we will never know. Uh, we may not know this year, and obviously the original schedule, we would have had answers. We would have had answers by now. I'm convinced when you're playing the schedule that they had in September, in September they've always had you know, one of the top two or three best schedules on paper anyway going into every season since they've been independent and Tom was able to get the thing rolling as far as that goes. But I do think that we can find out in the coming years because if you're looking at, say, three guys off the offensive line playing in the NFL, Zach Wilson playing in the NFL – I think that answers that question. So I think we will know. And as far as Zach Wilson goes, people that I really, really trust that I've so-called been in the trenches with for a number of years have told me now for four years that this kid is good with the potential to be really good. And it's not me speaking it because I am not, I'm not Sid Luckman here, DJ. I am not a quarterback guru. I mean, Way to go just... old school, Sid Luckman. <laughs> my dad thinks Sid Luckman is old. Oh my gosh, well, I, Luckman. That's why I said it for you. It was meant for you because I knew that you and your family would know exactly. He played, that I want to say he played in like the 30s, 1930s or 40s. Oh right, well, God. wasn't it some name? He was a quarterback guru back in his time. Uh, <laughs> Sammy Baugh. I don't know. Well, yeah, but I, sure. No, that's, that's, I'm not talking about a player. I'm talking about a guru. Don't necessarily have to be well. A Luckman was a player. I don't player. know if he's a guru. I know they're all players. I yeah. get that. Everyone, there's nobody who's going to grow up except for Mike Leach, who wasn't yeah. a player at the at a college level and pro level. But they 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 know quarterbacks. There's, there's a guy down in Southern California was there when I was there, and he's still around. His name is Clarkson. And he was viewed as a quarterback guru. Now you got a bunch of them. John Beck, I think, is a quarterback guru. Uh, and Zach Wilson is driving. 
I, I tweeted because we've heard that two games in a row. He drove to California every weekend, so I tweeted out that he drove every day to California. To every California. day? Yeah, you kind of got roasted a little bit on that one, didn't Well, you? it was a joke. I know. Obviously. There's no room for humor on Twitter. And the sooner you learn that, the better off you'll be. It was so funny that, didn't you hear? You need a hearing aid. It's not every day. <laughs> you need a hearing aid. <laughs> <laughs> you Come troll. On. You troll, Kinahan. <laughs> oh, but but the most of the folks get it that I was messing around, and I got a lot of, yeah, he drove both ways uphill in the snow and <laughs> those types of things. <laughs> but John, John was a technician when he played, so... I have no doubt that he knows exactly what he's talking about as he teaches. The guy, just he was a brilliant man to begin with. Plus, he was always a student of the game. So if you're looking for somebody to break down your mechanics, John Beck, I'm sure, would be it. Wilson, I've been uh, harping on on his potential greatness, and I think we're seeing it now. I think things have come together, and it makes sense. This is his third year. So I think this offense is legitimate. I, I really hope they can get that Boise game. Uh, November 7th, because was that when they were originally scheduled to play them because Air Force was going to play, who they play, an Army that day? Yeah, it was supposed to play Army. BYU was scheduled to play November 6th, the Friday up there. Okay, well, so it works out just thing. fine. Yeah, and it goes back to your point, DJ, that you made with Notre Dame and the Pac-12. If you're going to schedule them every year as the Air Force does with Army and Navy, and then if you have an uh, – uh, even number of teams well that particular weekend you're going to have an odd number of teams because one of your conference members is always going to play like uh, Notre Dame was does with Stanford and SC so you need somebody else so if they can get that game <clears throat> that would be great and we would all love to see that game be played and I, and BYU would want it too BYU wants to be uh, tested they I'm sure they do I, there's no doubt in my mind I'm sure they would love the opportunity uh, to have this have this play i'm not i'm not sleeping on louisiana tech either although man they did give up who do they play houston baptist yeah Somebody, 60 66 38 why did yeah. they give up 38 points well houston and baptist? they gave up 400 yards passing if you guys recall this is the houston baptist team that almost knocked off matt wells and texas tech two weeks back yeah okay and texas tech almost beats texas correct and, yes i know we got a bunch of almost there uh, uh the, the thing that transit out property at me, <laughs> the thing that jumped out at me is that uh, they gave up, I think, 400 and some yards passing. So and we saw the Cougars take to the air with all sorts of success Saturday night. So you would think that this game will be Friday, if I remember correctly, that they'll yep. have an opportunity to throw the ball successfully. But at BYU, you know, in back in the day, you used to hear about, well, how good are they? Here, it's, it's a legitimate question. I get it, and it's worth discussing. But it's like this year it's not their fault because they had a schedule that would have tested them, and and they're not in a conference. So Tom, if Tom Homo can swing and they can actually play nine, ten games, then, gosh, Tom, give the man a raise. Give him a lifetime contract because being just to be able to have the games and actually play them, no matter who the opponent is, I think is saying something. I've always believed in Tom Homo's ability as an athletic director with his contacts and his intelligence and all that stuff that he he's very, very capable of doing what he can do. And we're seeing that. Uh, but we'll have a little bit of, you know, how good this can, how good it can the Cougars can be. And maybe we'll have to wait 
and see how many guys play in the NFL because if they do, I think it legitimizes this team. More posts on our Facebook page. Question of the morning, how good is BYU at 2-0? and oh? uh, Wade says, got to get a couple more high-profile opponents on the schedule this season. It's too early to get excited. But they clearly have a solid O-line and some talent in other positions that's been missing. So I assume when he says that, he's talking wide receiver because the receivers made plays. And granted, I don't know how good Troy's secondary is, uh, but they made plays. I don't think it's too early to get excited. Why not get excited, man? They've looked great in two ball games. Why is it too early? Daniel's holding out hope. Uh, BYU still, still may play Boise State and possibly Utah. And how about a rescheduled game versus Army? If the Cougars keep winning, they deserve what any potential undefeated team gets, a national ranking, national recognition, since they have a national brand, unlike those pretenders up north. <laughs> oh, Ooh, wow. Whoa, Shots whoa, whoa. fired. Are we talking Weaver or Utah State? <laughs> oh, clearly Weaver. We're talking about the Wildcats. Yes. National brand. They've been in the, the quarters and the semis. <laughs> Yeah, Weaver's a legitimate program. Jay Hill's done a phenomenal job. There's no doubt about that. But I wouldn't consider Utah pretenders. Uh, last season, I don't understand why they got smoked by Oregon. I do understand why they got smoked by Texas. <laughs> uh, with the letdown of being so close to winning it all, the, the conference final, the loser of the conference final game is 0-9 in bowl games. I mean, that's yeah. a pretty well, clear and, trend right there. And, and they had some guys not playing in the bowl game is the they other did. thing. So Yeah, they did. Absolutely they did. And so they didn't play well in those last two games. That Oregon game was somewhat of a, a mystifier, if that's even a word. Uh, uh, it was a massive disappointment. That's what, yeah. yeah, but I wouldn't call them pretenders, no. I mean, you, gosh, they've, they've been in the college football playoff ranking just about every time in the last several years, every time it's come out. So I wouldn't I wouldn't call them. I don't know. Was, you, just, you, you read something on the prior uh Facebook posts about possibly playing Utah, unless it was in a bowl game. I don't see how that can be worked out. Yeah, I don't see that either. I don't see the Utes getting. I don't see the Utes and Cougars playing this year. Like you said, unless there's some bowl matchup and ESPN starts putting stuff together, I don't see that playing. That the, the, those two teams playing. All right, DJ and PK. It's ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. The Zone. Stay with us. Coming up in the nine o'clock hour. Steve Cleveland, our basketball. And we're hoping to get Tom Homo at 9.30 here at the National Football Foundation Golf Tournament. Riverside Country Club in Utah County. The sun is up. Hopefully the temperature will begin to rise. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. And now, your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealer's strong play of the weekend. There's a handoff. Dingerdo pulls it back in over the middle. Caught. Touchdown. Josh Moore. A slant over the middle. Moore with another touchdown catch. And the Longhorns strike first in overtime. There's a handoff. Dingerdo pulls it back in over the middle. Caught. Touchdown. Josh. Play of the game. Texas in overtime. 
Beating Texas Tech, they were down 15 with three and a half minutes to go. They pull out the win. That's the Chevy Strong play of the game. Know it today at 450 on the big show, and you can win fabulous prizes. That felt like a real weekend of college football, PK. I know there were still some teams missing, but BYU had a home game. I turned on the TV in the day and watched uh, an SEC record get broken, a team get upset. I saw a top-five team fall in the Big 12. It felt like college football. Oh, yeah, and I hate the Big Ten, so it was even better. I didn't have to have them in my face. Give them the day off. Thanks a lot, guys. I'd, I'd have them take the season off if it were up to me. Come back bigger and stronger next year. But, yeah, absolutely it felt like college football. And then we didn't have the Pac-12, and that sucks here locally because we would be in conference play right now. And it, it, it's a hole. It's a void. But I agree with you. This past weekend felt like more of what we're used to in the fall then that's what we're in now. And college football in our market, one of the reasons why I love working here, is that it's so huge. We still it, – it's going to be baffling to me. Maybe baffling isn't the right word. I don't, I'm not sure what the right word is. But that we still have to wait like five, six weeks before the Pac-12 plays when there's going to be all these other teams. I mean, hopefully, for BYU's sake, they'll have six, seven games under their belt by the time – the Pac-12 starts, that's really weird, but this is really weird times, and I'll take it. I'll take the Pac-12 starting November 7th over the spring. That would have even been so bizarre. I'm, I'm glad they're not doing that. Uh, and the Big 12, they will have played a number of games, and this is all contingent, obviously, on being actually able to play. And with the Pac- uh, Big 10, they'll have, what, two games by the time the Pac-12 gets going? Pac-12 will be the last conference to play, right? The Pac-12 and the MAC. The MAC. The Mountain West and the Big Ten would have two games under the belt. You're right. And those would be the last four. Although, the one thing I took away from talking to Robbie Bosco, and I don't know that it came across on the radio, but in his body language, he's not counting on eight games. When he said, you never know what's going to happen, I think he holds his breath every week to see if a game is going to happen or not. And it could be a positive test with the Cougars. It could be a positive test with the opponent. It could be a false positive. We saw a game this weekend. It was a false positive, but they set the game aside, and they did another test that was negative, and they retested the original test that was negative. It was just a false test, and somebody screwed up. So I definitely got the feeling that uh, in Robbie Bosco's mind, you savor every game. You don't count on the next one until it kicks off. And he, you know, to think that everything's going to go smoothly from here on out and all the games are going to be played, that would see. Maybe they will. Maybe they will. But it would seem like a mistake to assume that right now. And, boy, the way he dropped his head when he was talking about that, I thought, man, they, they are really stressed about getting these games in. There's just so many things outside of their control. Yeah, there might actually be games that are not scheduled right now that will be played and games you know, that are scheduled yeah. that might not be played. So I think they'll get in. I think they'll get in eight games. I don't know if it's the uh, remaining six opponents, right. but I think they'll get in eight games. I think it's interesting to see if they, and uh, hopefully we'll check with Tom in the next hour there, I think it would be interesting to see if they are open to playing games in December. You know, they don't normally, but this isn't a normal year. Why wouldn't they? I would think, um, 
Yeah, I don't know what the final just, schedule is. I don't know. I you know, but the only I, I think they would be, which is why I bring it up. To clarify uh, one thing, Kalani's talked about the fact that they're willing to play at least that first weekend in December in multiple interviews he's done. Okay. Well, he said the Thanksgiving week, which is close to yeah, December, and the first week yeah. of December. Yeah, and the finals thing is that they're playing games and preparing for that bowl games and whatnot. So, I mean, they they're, they're balancing school as it is. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's always a juggling act there. And if you just go that particular week, well, find time to do your finals. Time, time to and. and Guys, they can move up finals, move back finals, whatever it might type be. I think they can work around that, particularly this year. Even the snobby academic types, who I can't relate to at all because I've never been an academic type, and I'm certainly not a snobby academic type. It's like, tell me what did I what did I need to graduate, and that's what I'll give you. <laughs> that's I, I managed to to maneuver around and and got the degree, which is a shock to a lot of people, I'm sure, but I got it. Uh, so I think they can maneuver around it under these unusual set of circumstances. I think as BYU continues to play and continues to look good, the momentum to keep playing is going to be extremely strong. Yeah, I can see that. And I the <clears throat> I think in my mind, and maybe I'm a fool for doing this, but in my mind I, I think that Boise State game is highly likely. It's uh, – you know, 80%, 90% chance. I think Boise State wants to play it. I think BYU wants to play it. The date's there in the Mountain West because of the Air Force Army game. So I, I just I don't really see what would keep that game from happening. Um, well, what does Boise I, I, State have? Oh, they got a crack, PK. A crack <laughs> at a New Year's Six Bowl game. Is that what you're getting in? I think that lure of the New Year's Six, New Year's Six Bowl game, I'm wondering if there could be a late-season game with the America Athletic Conference, if there's a team there that's got it going, you know, the Cincinnati beat Army, right, and Cincinnati's ranked, or uh, Central Florida, whoever, who at the end of the year has got a pretty good record and thinks, we need another win, and we need to beat a pretty good team if we're going to have a chance to get into, you know, fill-in-the-blank bowl, New Year's Six, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, of course. So I could see where a good team late in the year might want to add a game with BYU. And if you're watching Kirk Herbstreet do studio shows and call games every once in a while, that BYU-Navy game is staying with him. Yeah, <laughs> and he references BYU. He's like, BYU's offensive line is really good. They got a good team, you know, and he'll drop that in once in a while. So that kind of stuff doesn't hurt going forward. Perception matters, and you know the start they're off to a two and zero, and you know the perception's good. Good to be. All right, DJ PK, it's ninety seven five and twelve eighty the zone. We got to take a break. Coming up, Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider, joins us to talk NBA finals. Hopefully, we're going to get Tom Holmo here in the nine o'clock hour as well. DJ PK, it's ninety seven five at twelve eighty the zone. I mean, obviously, Boise State has their crack. 